<laughs> well, happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Forgive me, Sue, for not remind, remembering. I, it's just busy. It's a busy morning. Um, but, you know, I have a really a strong burden to get this message across this morning because, honestly, it's one of the most important messages that I believe I could ever preach as your pastor. And at the same time, I also believe that it's one of the most difficult messages for people ever to believe about themselves. But we've been asking a question, right? We've been asking a question. We started it last week. Um, are you in? Are you in? If you're in, say I'm in. I love it. You don't even know what you're in for today yet. But what we're looking at is we're looking at some qualities, right? Some characteristics and some things throughout Scripture about how God sees you. And they all begin with those first two letters, I-N. Um, in fact, the next four weeks, we're going to be going over some, some different characteristics um, that, that are really revealed in Scripture. Last week we looked, if you remember, we looked at the fact and the reality that we're invited, right? We are invited into God's family first and foremost, and then it's our job to invite others into God's family. And we are part of the family of God. We are invited, right? And um, you're invited. Somebody say, I'm invited. Good. This is a participatory message, so I'll know if you're sleeping. And on this week, on Father's Day, we're going to look at the truth that you are invaluable to God's work. Invaluable. Somebody say, I'm invaluable. Next week, we're going to look at the reality and the fact that you are influential for God's glory. Somebody say, I'm influential. And then the following, the last week, we're going to hope that you're going to see that you are invested in God's work. Someone say, I'm invested. I'm going to need a little bit of help from you all this morning, a little bit better than that. You're not going to get a participation award for any of that. Um, But let's say it together um, from left to right. I'm invited, I'm invaluable, I'm influential, and I'm invested. And what I want to do to talk to you this morning is about the fact that you are invaluable. You're invaluable to God's work. First of all, you're invaluable. Now, just to be really clear, invaluable doesn't mean not valuable, right? In fact, it's the opposite of that. It actually means you are uniquely valuable to God. You're valuable just because you are you and you are his creation in that. You are you. You're a child of God. You're a creation of God. Let me say that first of all. God creates life and you are a creation to God, but not everyone is a child of God, okay? You're a creation of God, but until you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you're not a child of God. We're all God's children. Not so. We're all God's creation. We're not all God's children. You're valuable, though, because you're you. In fact, you're invaluable. Jesus told a parable about a shepherd, right? Remember, he had a hundred sheep. And one of the sheep, he had a hundred sheep. That's a lot of sheep. Back in the day, you ever been surrounded by a hundred sheep? It's a lot of sheep. And one of them wandered away, just one. And the shepherd loved the one so much that he left the 99 to go after the one. The one was so invaluable to that shepherd. And that's like, think about it this way, right? You have things that are valuable to you, right? I have, I have this watch, right? I have a watch. And this watch is very valuable. It's very special to me. It's sentimental, this watch is valuable. I got this watch. My, my three sisters, I have three sisters. I grew up in a house with three sisters and a, and a single mom, right? Pray for those that are surrounded by all that estrogen, right? It's, it's gentlemen on Father's Day. Can I get an amen? Can I get a, a brother that has a few sisters in their house that grew up or growing up with them right now? 
And it's, yeah, right? It's a thing, right? But all my three sisters, they all chipped in when I got ordained as a minister, because I wasn't supposed to make it, remember? Um, But I got ordained, and on my ordination, they all came together and got me uh, a sort of commemorative, here's this nice watch for our brother, because, you know, he's kind of done something that we didn't expect for sure. So it's very special to me. But if I had a hundred of these, you know, and I lost one, I might just put the next one on, right? It's, It's not... It's not that valuable of a hundred of them, you would think, because I have 99 other ones, right? However, you are not a watch. (laughs) You are a creation, a child of God. And families, right, that have a lot of children. You know those families, right? We all know them. They have a lot of kids. Maybe they're a blended family that are about to have a lot of kids in their household. But you have a lot of children, right? And, and you bring these children up and they're all around. There's always kids around. It's a big children environment. There's kids. You know those, those families, right? And you say, you know, well, one of them wandered off. You know, where's Johnny? I can't find Johnny. You know, well, I got five other ones who really can. I mean, really, I mean... I got six, seven kids. Where's, uh, where's Johnny? I, I don't know. I, we barely even knew he was gone. It's been a week. You would never do that, right? Because children are, are invaluable to you, right? They're, they're valuable to your heart. You are valuable to God because you're you. And you're uniquely created by God. You're invaluable just because of who you are. You're a child of God. But you're not just valuable because of who you are. You're also valuable because you were created for a purpose. You're created to make a difference in God's church as God's church. And the reason this message sometimes is such a difficult one for so many people to hear and believe is because, you know, when we look at the church and we look at everything that everybody else does, right? We often feel like, well, what, what, what can we do? I don't really measure up. I'm not talented enough or I'm not spiritual enough or smart enough to make a difference because we look at everybody else and we see like how incredible they are, right? The people that are out front and up, up in, you know, just kind of noticeable, you know, they can quote scripture and their prayers, I could never, I mean, their prayers, like God goes, wow, that was a good prayer. You know, they, that kind of thing. And we think they're, they're kind of powerful and their, their prayers are just flowing and we're like, wow, you know, I could never stand up in front of someone and pray like that. And then we think this insecurity and we don't know how much sometimes, you know, that matters. And we're like, oh no, we make mistakes. And then we make bigger mistakes and we just think that I don't have what it takes. So we see everybody else. And the lie that so many of us believes when it comes to a body of believers like this, the lie that we believe that is, you know what, if I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter that much. If I wasn't here doing my little part, it wouldn't make that big of a difference. My prayer is this morning that you would see That you are invaluable to God's work. You're invaluable. You're uniquely prepared with God's divine gifts that he gives you. With passions and talents that you have. When God created you for this moment in history, he put you here because this is the time that you can best glorify God with your life. That's a fact. My question is, are you doing it? Are you doing it? God created you for something in this time in history because this is the best time in history because God is all-knowing, all-sovereign. He, 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 he's in all in control of all. He put you here for this moment in history because this is the best time in history that you, you, individually, you, can glorify God. You're invaluable to God's work. 
In fact, I'll show you a metaphor from the Apostle Paul. He was talking to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church might have felt a bit like some of us regarding this. Many of the Corinthians were not of noble birth. They were slaves. They weren't highly educated people. They were, weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They were just sort of, sort of everyday folks coming in this, out of slavery, and, and some were, were very str- struggling with many issues. So they might have felt insecure about how, how they could make a difference. So Paul gives him this metaphor, and he compared the church or the people of God to a human body. And this is what he said. If you have your Bibles this morning, I should have told you this already. But 1 Corinthians, it's easy to find on your apps, I know. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, 1 Corinthians, are you in? Say, I'm in. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Or, I'm sorry, First, yeah, chapter 12. Go over there, it'll be on the screen. 12, 12, he says, the human body has many parts. And many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. He said the human body has many parts. You know, you've got an ear, you've got an eye, you've got a nose, a mouth, a hand, a thumb, an elbow, a knee. The body has many, many parts. But all these different parts make up one body. And he's comparing the body parts of a human being to his family or the metaphor, the body of Christ. I'll explain it this way. We're going to play a little game. I know you love when we play the games, right? We're going to play a little game this morning. It's participatory. We're going to all do it. <coughs> Play along. I'm going to show you some photos of some animals, right? I'm going to tell you what they're called. We're going to say what they're called because you'll know that. And then um, we're going to say what, a, what we think a group of these animals is called. It might surprise you, some of them. So let's start. Let's do the first one. This is an elephant. And what's a group of elephants called? A herd, right? You guys are, man, you paid attention. How about this one? This is a lion, right? And a group of lion, lion are called a pride. That's right. How about this one? These are cheetahs. These are a group of cheetahs is called a, anybody know? Not cheetos. Cheetahs. Cheetah. Actually, it's called a coalition of cheetahs. Yeah. How about that? How about the next one? A group of donkeys. Now be careful, church people. A group of donkeys is called a, anybody? It's a pace, a pace of donkeys. Look at this one. These are crows. You know what a group of crows is called? A murder. You didn't know donkeys, but you know the murder. <clears throat> a group of co- crows is called a murder. But that's, that sounds like a scary movie, right? It's a murder of crows. In fact, it's only a murder of crows if, if, if there's pos- probable cause. One more. You know, what are these? Vultures. You know what a, vo- a group of vultures is called? Church people, you'll love this. It's called a committee. <laughs> it's a committee of vultures. I'll just leave that where it is, right, church folks? I'll just leave it there. But each animal, if you, if you, if you watch that and look at those, each animal individually has its own name, right? It, it has one name. But when you get a group of animals together, they actually take on a new identity. Let that sink in for a moment. A single animal has one name, but a group together takes on a new identity. What do you call a person who has submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ? What would you call that person? You might call them a Christian, right? Or, or, or a follower of Christ or a disciple. Um, so when you, what would you call a group of Christians that gather together to worship their God? What would you call them? A church or a body, what Paul would call a body 
of Christ, right? So on your own, you're a disciple, right? You're a, you're a person, you're a, you're a Christian, you're a disciple. But when you gather together with other spirit-filled, word-empowered believers, you actually take on a new identity. You are his body. In other words, your hands, you're his hands. When you serve people in his name, you are feet. When you take the message of the gospel into places it's never been before, you're his mouth. When you lift each other's up with the goodness and encouragement of who Christ is, you're his heart. When you express love to his people and and, and people that are far from God, you are an invaluable part of this body of Christ, of the body of Christ. Anytime your enemy tells you that you're not important or that you're not good enough, you, stay, you step back and you say, you know what? No, no, God created me. He sent his son for me. His spirit dwells in me. And I am invaluable to the body of Christ. Get behind me, devil. And what I hope you'll understand is and embrace is this, that every part of the body matters. Every single part of the body matters. It's almost as if the Apostle Paul, when he was writing, could sense that some people might feel like that. I'm not that important. What I do doesn't really matter that much. Or if I weren't here, it wouldn't really make that big of a difference. Don't let the enemy tell you that. In fact, what what the Spirit led Paul to write further on in verse 14 says this in the metaphor. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. He says, if the foot says I'm not a part of the body... Because I'm not the hand, that doesn't make any, it any less part of the body. And if an ear says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, he'll go on to say, and that's funny to me. <laughs> what if the whole body was an eye? You know, like that just makes me laugh. I mean, I picture weird things when I think that. Like, what if the whole body were just one big eye? Sorry. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Every part of the body matters. I love this portion of scripture because it often, you know, we feel like my part doesn't make that big of a difference, right? What I do. But, you know, the way Paul contrasted the ear to the eye, you know, if you're an ear, you might get jealous of the eye. Think about how much attention the eye gets, right? And how how overlooked the ear gets. No one's ever had an ear-to-ear conversation. You don't look me in the ear. You know, right? No one, no one in love has ever glared lovingly into someone's ear. And if they do, you should probably break up with that person. Because that's not normal. Think about the movies that you've seen. Have you ever seen The Hills Have Ears? Or, have you, or For Your Ears Only? Think about this. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. I've got bedroom ears. i got stars. I could do this all day. i got stars in my ears. You're the apple of my ears. You see, the ear could easily say, I'm not that important. But if the ear said it and there was no ear, there'd be no one even there to hear it. Every part matters. Every part. Your role, your presence, your voice, your opinion, your contribution. It all matters to the family of God. Paul goes on to say in verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body, I love this verse. Some parts of the body that seem the weakest and seem as though they're the least important are actually the most necessary. Those that other people overlook, those that never get any airtime, those that aren't on the platform, those that aren't most visible are mostly the most necessary parts of the body. All of us, me, all of us, you, all of us together, We're Christ's body, and each person is an integral and invaluable part of it. 
Every single part. Your role matters to the heart of God and it matters to the body of believers. I did a little thinking about um, the, the, the parts of the body, right, that kind of get overlooked and they get less airtime, Like on the hand, right, your hand. Everybody hold up your hand. All right, some of you are still with me. You hold up your hand, but you know what? You, the thumb gets a lot of attention, right? Hey, the fawns had a lot. No, I didn't even want to say that. Why did I say it? You can play thumb games, right? One, two, three, four. Right. Play thumb games. The pointer finger gets a lot of attention. Me, I, you, look over there, look up there. The middle finger gets a lot of uses, most of which don't bring glory to God. Church people, be careful. The ring finger, right? We wear rings on the ring finger. Gets, gets some attention, but the pinky finger doesn't get a whole lot of attention. You know, the pinky. But I did find out that 50% of your hand's strength, 50%, comes from the pinky. There's another part, the uvula. Who knows what the uvula is? Right? It's the little, little dingly thing. I can't make that sound, but it's back there. That little thing, you think it's insignificant. It just kind of hangs back there. It's in the way. It's a punching bag, whatever it is. But that little thing over a lifetime will create enough saliva to fill up two, not one, two swimming pools full of water. Well, water. <laughs> So if anybody wants to go swimming, just introduce the uvula to your mix of things. And I don't know anybody, but, but I don't know anybody who'd say, you know, I, I, there's another part that gets, you know, sort of underrated. I don't ever, anyone who'd say, you know what, I want to be armpit hair. However, armpit hair, if you, if you say I want to be armpit hair, you're probably staring lovingly into someone's ears and you need, to be, need help. But armpit hair actually diffuses the odor, right? And it makes you naturally more attractive to a potential mate. I thank God for armpit hair. But you're invaluable. You are invaluable. Every part of the body matters. And it's often the parts that are least visible, or they seem like they're not that important, that actually are the most important, the Apostle Paul tells us. And I hope you'll understand this, because what you do may not be so visible, it may not be so out there, but it doesn't mean that it's not important. Just because other people don't see it or don't know about it doesn't mean that what you do is not important. It doesn't matter to God or matter to others. You might be a prayer warrior, an invisible prayer warrior. You may spend tons of time seeking God and no one even knows. But week after week, when lives are changed, when people are reached, when things happen in the body of Christ, it's because your private faith has touched God and made public miracles happen because you had the faith to pray. You might do something as simple as helping someone feel loved, smiling at someone, picking up a piece of trash you see just out of service. You know what? That shouldn't be there. It might not be incredibly visible. Just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important. So often, some of the most important things that happen are actually parts of the body that are least celebrated or least visible. Other people may not ever know about your gift or your talent, but it matters. It matters. I look across the congregation, and and half of the people are already out there, and they're already preparing the meal, and they're already preparing the, the way, and they're already making it excellent for us to go out there and enjoy our time after this service. You may never know. People may never know. I'll tell you one thing. I I didn't talk to him ahead of time, and I hope it doesn't embarrass him. 
our, our pavilion was looking a little rough. If, if you haven't noticed, some of the benches and tables were pretty... <laughs> I mean, they were warped and, and really looking really, really, really rough. And it was a little bit embarrassing um, as the pastor of this church to rent that or, or you know, have people come by there. And, uh, and Steve, Steve, give a little wave this morning. There's Steve. Steve came up to me a few weeks ago and he said, you know what I want to do? I want to make, uh, I, wanna, I have some time. And uh, I like woodworking. And Steve um, actually took some time to uh, make all new tabletops where they needed the benches to be fixed. All the tables are level. And now, and before Sunday, before it happened on Father's Day picnic. And so now, everything that we sit on, we're not going to get the splinters. And one person's not going to be sitting like this up here and one's down here. Everything's repaired. Everything's fixed. And Steve said, you know what? I just, what do you need done? What do you need done? One example. There are dozens of other examples. Sorry, man. If you're, sorry. If you're embarrassed, I'm, I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> and you know what? He doesn't do it for me. He doesn't do it for the church. He doesn't do it for, he does his work for the Lord. And he says, you know what? This is what's going to happen. Make a cornhole board. Here you go. Enjoy it. Steve made the cornhole boards. He's got that woodworking sort of thing going on. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of things that happen in this church like that. Behind the scenes stuff. You just go sit down at a table. You take it for granted. But that's the kind of stuff that happens. You don't know. You never know how integral your part of the body is. You may never know what your investment in a teenager might be on a Wednesday night. You may never know. We had this come up not too long ago. Um, Y'all know Gary by now, right? Our our youth leader. Gary, give a little wave. There's Gary. He's hard to miss. And y'all know our bass player, Jim, right? Jim used to be the NYI president a few years ago. And I don't know how he did for 20 years or something. I don't know what he did. But he did it, and he often thinks, you know, you're not reaching that kid. You're not making a difference. You're not, some of those kids just, you know, you never know. But Gary is actually a product of the youth group that gathered when Jim was the youth leader. Now, Gary is the youth leader in the church, so that's how it works. You don't know the investment that you make in a teenager, how that might change their lives. You don't know what they, when you smile at someone when they come in and they felt so nervous and so uncomfortable the first time they ever darkened the doors of a church, right? Or they came in here for the first time as a visitor. They didn't know how they'd feel. They felt nervous and afraid and weird and all that. And you got it. You gave them that welcome. You gave them that handshake. You handed them that bullet and you said, hey, how are you? Hey, I'll come sit with you. Did you get a thing? Did you get a mug? Did you, hey, come on over. You don't know. It, it might not be out there invisible and, and way out in front, but you, what you do is valuable and matters to the body of Christ. If you have talent, if you have some kind of a gift, God gave you that gift, and you use it for the body of Christ. And what Paul was talking about in this metaphor, you're all a part of the body. Think about this. Have you ever been asleep at night and maybe you laid on your arm the wrong way? Or whatever, it's been underneath of you, whatever, you wake up, and, and you know, you you've kind of have this, your, your arm's just asleep, right? Just kind of, okay, what are we going to do with this now? You know, what are we, I don't know. It's just kind of dangling there, right? Numb, like, oh boy. Listen, the arm is part of your body, but if the arm is asleep, it's essentially paralyzed, it's dormant, it's useless, Can I just say that if you're a part of the body of Christ and you're not using the gifts that God's given you for the body, for Jesus, you're not using those gifts, you've gone to sleep. The part of that, this part of the body, you, 
If you're not doing what God has placed you here to do, that part is now useless. And if you're not living out your divine calling, your function, your role, your part, your position, if that's you this morning, God's telling you, wake up. It's time to wake up. You're an invaluable part. Invaluable. You've got something unique to offer that no one else has. Your contribution. If you're one, if your part of the body is asleep, the rest of the body has to work harder. You know that, right? So if, if my arm's like useless, man, I slept on it wrong, I just can't, you know, my other arm's going to have to pick up the slack. Others are putting more in because you're not doing your role. Something that God wants to get accomplished through his local body is hampered because your part of the body is sleeping. It's time to wake up. Wake up, church. Wake up, individuals. We're the living body of Christ. We are the church. You all know we don't go to a church, right? We don't go to a church to meet our needs. We are the church. I heard somewhere recently that... um, Jesus didn't die to fill buildings. He died to fill your heart. You say, oh, I don't know enough. I, I'm not educated enough. My, don't you know, pastor, you don't know my past. I mean, I, I can't do that. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. And so often that's, that's the opposite of what God wants to actually do in you because your past can actually be what prepares you for what God's calling you to do. So many people said, you know, oh, no way, this guy, he's not going to be called to that. He can't be a, a pastor or whatever. And, and, and I tell people, you know, well, I was working on my testimony back then. I just heard that this week. People tell me, I'm working on my testimony. Okay, for so long, all right, I'll let you get away with some of that. But what did it do? If anything, it put me in a position now where I know that you can be delivered. <laughs> I know that there's hope for you because God reached me. I often say that I stood where you stand. I sat where you sit. I get it. Because of my past, I know where you've been. I've been to some of those places. But I know now that God's equipped me to say, you know what? There's hope for you too. You might say, oh, pastor, you know, my past, you know, I'm, a, I'm divorced, so I'm disqualified. No, actually, you're better prepared to help others heal. Because you've had to heal from, for, from some big things. You're better, you're better prepared to help people know that there's hope even in your darkest moments. Pastor, I, you don't know, I was addicted, and I had these struggles, and I have doubts, and I don't know that much. You know what? If you know the grace of Jesus, and you know how to love somebody, you're prepared to be a part of God's body. Your contribution matters. We often get intimidated, right, by the spiritual people, right? You know those people. You know the early spiritual people? They come in, and everything kind of floats when they walk in the room. You know what I mean? It's just like, whoa, look, whoa, look out. They're spiritual. Woo, everything starts to float. They're like, oh, yes. Listen, if things don't float when you walk into the room, you are prepared to make a difference. If you think about what could happen, every part of the body, think about what could happen if every single part of the body was engaged in their ministry. Think about what could happen. Your presence matters. You're a part of his family. What could happen if every single person who is uniquely and wonderfully made realized they're part of the body and they acted on that and they joined in and realized that we are an invaluable part of what God is up to? What if everyone jumped in? People who have no clean water in the world would have clean water. 
if the church would just rise up. There's needs that can act. The hungry would no longer be hungry. Those who are sick, we could feed them. We could give them things that they need. We could provide. Think of what's possible if you could recognize that no matter what, God, he has given you gifts and he's given you talents and you're valuable to him because of who you are. What if you lived in that? What if everyone lived in that? The world could be a different place. I promise you with everything in me that every time we gather together with others, you might not feel like it that time or you might not even feel like going that weekend. You're invaluable to the work of God because God's given you unique talents. You're invaluable to God because of who you are. You're uniquely created by God to bring value to kingdom work. Every time you give, it might not be much, but your gift matters. Every time you pray, you might not feel like anything happens, but your prayers touch the heart of God. Every time you gather to worship together with others, you might not feel like coming, you might not feel like it that weekend, but it matters to the heart of God and it matters to you to be together with others in his family because every part of the body needs that other part. You have no idea how much Brenda and I need you all. You have no idea how your prayers have carried us. You have no idea. But I promise you with everything in me that I'm going to do my part. And with everything in you, you do your part. And every part is important to the family of God. And when we all do our part... We're going to look on, and the community's going to look on, and we're going to, they're not going to say, well, what church? We don't, where's that church again? They're going to say, oh, that church? Yeah, well, my goodness, we know where that, our city, our town is different because that church that represents Jesus Christ is here. The church is meeting needs. The church is showing love. The church is the body of Christ. You are an invaluable part of the body. Randy, would you come? Would you stand this morning as we close? you bow your heads with me this morning father god in jesus name we come before you realizing this morning god that we are an invaluable part of the body we're invaluable to you your work lord we're invaluable to you because you created us because of who we are And we realize, Lord, that we are put here in this time in history because this is the best time throughout history, the entire history of the world. This is the best time for our lives, our individual lives, to bring glory to you. So, Lord, as we take inventory of our lives, Lord, and, and maybe what your spirit has spoken to us this morning, maybe this very day, We've never realized, Lord, that we are invaluable. We are important. We're intricate and integral to the things that happen in this world because we are part of the body of Christ. And so, Father, if there is anyone gathered here this morning who ever doubted that what they do is important, Father, might you squelch those doubts right now that those doubts would disappear and people would realize, Lord, that, that the, every individual part of this body is integral and invaluable to what you're trying to accomplish here in this valley 
and around the world. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together. I thank you, Lord, for this body of believers that doesn't just want to serve people, doesn't just want to serve the church, but wants to serve Almighty God Himself. That God, in your presence, we can go and we can do and we can pray and we can make a difference. Not because it's a nice thing to do or to get a pat on the back, but Lord, we want to share your love, the love of Jesus Christ with a hurting, lost, dark, desperate, dying world that needs you so much. It needs to see the unity of believers that gather together. God, I pray that you would continue to use this body of believers to accomplish kingdom work right outside our doors. Helping people in this community to know that this church is vital to this community. That the things we do here, Lord, meet needs physically, but meet bigger needs spiritually. God, help us make a difference. Help us to realize, Lord, that what we do is invaluable. And help us all to realize, God, that if we're not currently doing what you've called us to do, that you would would quicken something in our spirit this morning that would answer the call of our unique gifts and our unique talents, Lord, and, and what you've blessed us with, that we might use it for the local body. And we might step up and step into a role, Lord, that you've called us to. Provide opportunities, Lord, for people to serve. They are seemingly endless. God, I pray that you have spoken. Your Holy Spirit has spoken to hearts. Whatever came off the pages and out of my mouth was translated between here and an individual's heart by the Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, individuals that are gathered here this morning will hear what they needed to hear and be changed because they were here. That they will walk out of here different than when they came in because we've met with you, God. Now, God, as we're about to go share in a time of fellowship for this Father's Day, I pray, Lord, that you would bless the food that we're about to eat and that it would nourish our bodies, God. Not just for the sake of nourishment, God, but to give us the strength to serve you as a body and to give you the praise and the glory that you've called us to give you right here in this time in history. I thank you in advance for what you're about to do, Lord. Now be with us all, Lord, as we gather back here in in the pavilion and have a great time of fellowship. And might it bring glory to you also. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everyone agreed saying amen and amen. God bless you all. Join us in the pavilion after.